for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Black chat, black chat, black chat, black chat, black chat, you already know, you already know. You're here. totally flipped it on that one. Yeah, this is Black Chat episode 76. Yep. Welcome back. It's been a minute. We've been what, what two weeks? Away? Two weeks, weeks. Two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Busy, but it's been here. a busy summer. You know what I mean? Like, we here. We out here. Getting There's a lot going on. You know, getting a couple you know, Beyonce placements. placements Traveling. Right. You know what I'm Let's Traveling. get out the way. Let's get that out the way. Shout to shout to my man Boy Wonder. Shout to uh, Jahan Sweet Vinyls. Um, just the whole squad, man. Shout to Jay Z and Beyonce. Uh, really good album. Carter's. Um, I had the honor and pleasure of producing on that. Um, it's one of those uh, just when you're a music producer, that's like the goal. Right. It's like mm-hmm. get on an album like that, and and, and uh, I just feel super humbled to to have done that. So shout to shout to everybody involved with the project. Um, Drake, of course, Scorpion. Uh, shout to my man um, Super Mario. Mm. Shout to Jr. Hitmaker. Shout to Taz um, Taylor. Uh, we did that joint called Blue Tint on there. That really, joint is fired up. Thank That's you so yeah. much. You know what's there. funny about it, Ill? Because I can remember about a year, a year and a half ago, I was like, yo, Ill, one artist, who do you want? Who'd like, who Next year, who do you want to get? And who'd you say? You said Jay. You said Jay. Yeah, so next, for 2019, we're going Rihanna, we're going Adele. We're going Sam Smith. Uh, we're going Ed Sheeran. Mm. We're going Bruno Mars. Hey, Craig Calman, let's go. Come on, let's do it. Come on, let's. we got a couple things in tuck, but nah, I'm just happy to be here, guys. I appreciate all the supporters, new and old. Um, and if this is your first time tuning into Blab Chat, this is an all music production podcast. You know, we talk about music production, just creating music too. Like it's mm. not just for producers; it's really artists, singers, songwriters, anyone in the industry that's really just trying to chase their dreams and um and do what they love you know for the rest of their life this is what we talk about so shout to all you guys this episode what 76 76 lab chat make sure you guys subscribe to us hit that subscribe button if you're on uh uh, itunes uh make sure you hit that follow on soundcloud um subscribe to us on youtube uh just blab chat all social media we're here but uh Mm -hmm. we're here with a very very special guest the homie the homie homie. saying like Man, there's so much to talk long about. Overdue. Yeah. Yes. Long, long overdue. Yes. Long overdue. Long overdue. Yeah. Let's give a warm, warm round of applause to the great Wayne No. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> Get it. Yo, no mind just called me great. Like, that's, oh, that's, come on. that's crazy, this man. Guy, this guy is being super, <laughs> super humble. Nah, last time last time we hung out was um, at our old studio. At the right. studio at RMG. Uh, yeah, yeah, was like, what, yeah. two years ago? Yeah, it was a minute ago. Yeah, it was a yeah. minute ago. Um, but we always have good talks, man. Always. Like, mm-hmm. you are, you're such a, like, it's crazy because, like, me personally, because I, I, like, know... 
I mean, you you and Alice have have a history, mm-hmm. but since we've met and like me following like your how you're moving and right. all these these great things you're doing, it's like right. I consider you an OG. But oh, like, yeah. But yeah. I know I know you don't feel like one. Yeah, I don't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, you know what? And the reason why I don't is because it's like I still feel like that 18 year old kid that was working in the mailroom just trying to get on. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I still have that hunger within me. But I, a lot of people. I've accepted the fact that I'm an OG. Yeah. You are. Right. I think I'm once you start uh, telling all your stories <laughs> yeah. from back in the day, it's like, wow, you've right. you've been here right. for a minute. Right. And once your limbs don't start healing as fast as they used to, definitely OG. <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the first time you heard OG and you were like, what, what? And then yeah. you like accepted it? Yo, now I, I was kind of offended. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you were like, like, what? The first time I heard somebody call me OG, I was like, dog, I'm only like 31. Like, right. you call me OG, and then like I'm 35 now, so it's yeah. like I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm getting up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of people don't really, um, they're not trying to call you old with it yeah. per se, but like, you know, you. It's the respect factor. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, the experience. You've been around, respect. but not in the age in the age format. But yeah, just yeah. Like this. I went through a few eras of music, so I you, definitely yeah. consider myself old. Yeah, too. like so, all the eras of music you've been through, it's like mm-hmm. you have this like vast knowledge of music. Just uh, obviously being a music fan, right? And but now you know, um, like when you think about where you started and where you are now, I really let's dig into like where you started. So Absolutely. like, I think there's some people out there that you know are familiar with like your very very first start so a lot right. of us are we associated with like you know what rock nation right, right? Yeah. like that was like rockefeller i'm sorry rockefeller at the time sorry yeah. that rockefeller mm-hmm. mailroom yeah internship mail what so walk us through through that story like yeah. what got you to like apply there and then and, like well, sweat it out honestly i mean like i seen the movie backstage this is around like 2000, I think, or 99. I seen a movie backstage at that time. I was like 17. And I was like, yo, I wanted to be in music. I'm like, yo, that was the moment I made a decision. Prior to that, it was all the movies before, watching Juice and seeing Q, right. DJ, and I wanted to DJ. I wanted to rap, you know, because I run DMC. I wanted to do everything. But um, I didn't even, I didn't know where to start. With The stars kind of aligned for me. My mom was a job developer. I had dropped out of high school. And she was like, yo, if you're not going to go to school, you got to do something. And she got me um, a job interview. And you know she had been training me to get a job since I was a kid. I had a few summer jobs. I knocked out the job interview and one of the places that um, they wanted to send people to were 825 Worldwide Plaza, which I didn't had no idea what Worldwide Plaza was. And like my first day there, I'm delivering mail, right? And the guy's training me and I come around the corner, I see all this red stuff everywhere. And I see all these Ja Rule posters and I see Irv Gotti on the <laughs> door and I see Chris Gotti and wow. BJ and I'm like, wait a minute, these are all the dudes that's on backstage. And then I'm a 17-year-old kid, so I'm thinking, like, I go back downstairs. All the guys that I'm working with, they're, like, in their early 20s. So I'm super hyped, like, yo, do you know that? All-? And they're like, yeah, this is the building that has all the record labels, like Def Jam's upstairs, Rockefeller. And I'm like, yo, you lying. So the, the wow. stars kind of aligned for me, you know. Um, wow. That was so my you didn't first. Know. You didn't know what I had it no was idea. at first. Wow. I, I had no idea. You know, I, I had no idea. And because I was so young, I think, Everybody upstairs was was a little bit more receptive mm-hmm. to me because I was like the cute kid. Right. And um, Omieli and Dara McIntosh they ran Jay Z's fan club, Fan Fam. Wow. And um, this is way before you know email invites and all of that. And this is magazine time, and they're sending out like T-shirts to kids and CDs for winners of the contest. And I'm just like helping them, like yo, I'll do anything to help y'all right. every day. Like yo, I'll help mm-hmm. y'all. Um, another guy, my man Buzz from um Family Tree. 
mm-hmm. which was Blue. Um, Blue was the guy who I think he managed Outkast at the time. Mm. Yeah, so like I helped them out with mail. I would do anything I could to just like th- to be a part of something. You wow. Know? So what was the what was like the driving force for you? Like, did it feel like you just like you said you just wanted to be a part of something, or mm-hmm. was the, did you already have at seventeen? Did you have like an end goal in mind? Like, man, I'm gonna be an executive, or I want to be an A and R one day, or were you just kind of taking nah, it day by day? It just I really like you just love music. I love music, but I just wanted to be one of the guys on the stage. Yeah, like, right? like, I, <laughs> I just I really wanted to be because you know what it was when I watched backstage. I watched um I watched that movie like so many times, and I kept watching Tata. And I'm like, yo, like, Tata just looked like this regular guy that I could relate to. And he was just saying, like, yeah, like, we doing this. Like, we, you know, we managing. We on the road. And I just thought it was so cool that somebody I could identify with um, kind of had some of the idea that I thought I had. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just yeah. know that I didn't. A lot of my friends were, like, getting into a lot of trouble at that time, like, going to prison. I had a few friends who had lost their lives, like, being in the street. And I didn't really want to jump into the streets heavy. Yeah. I dibbled and dabbled, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, And I just, I didn't want to disappoint my mom. Yeah, I had already disappointed her by not finishing high school. So I just was like, yo, I want to do something so that she could be proud of. So that was my only goal at the time. Like, do something so your mom would stop yelling at you. Exactly. <laughs> and also something that's cool, right? Because yeah, like yeah. you wanted to be on stage and be a yeah. part of the music and you saw everything that brung. Right, right. I mean, at this time, you know, man, I'm really showing my age. You're like, the internet didn't even, I wouldn't say the internet didn't exist because I was buying sneakers off the internet in like right. 98 mm-hmm. off a of dial-up. It wasn't the oh, was social. It, was that, uh, eBay? eBay, I was buying eBay. stuff off eBay, Shoe Trends, and um, this site called Vintage USA. It was like a bidding site. But you didn't have the social media aspect nah. that connected you to people. Not, no, not really. The most I had, we had chat rooms, right? So right. like I would get into like the Yahoo chat rooms. Was that rooms. AOL chat? Yeah, was AOL? Yahoo I, well, chat rooms. AOL was... At this time, I was more on the Yahoo chats because Yahoo, Yahoo chats was lit. Yeah, Yahoo Messenger was lit. lit. Was I was so on those, those chats were crazy. I was yeah, talking man. to people from all over the world on right. that shit was crazy. And then when you talk, like, I started looking into, because I was in the sneakers really heavy. I always been in the sneakers and clothes and stuff when I was a kid. And um, Nike talk and being on those forums. Like, I used to be one of those kids getting the forums. We argued about sneakers, argued about basketball. Yeah. I was one of those commenters, you know? Like, the same guys <laughs> are today, but, you know, I didn't have a platform for right. it. Right. right. And yeah, you were, so, like, waiting wow. on the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Did you get well, the tent and make the well, tent? Listen, I didn't used do? to have to wait on the line. Because, oh, oh, oh. Light flex. Light flex. Light flex. Where's the bomb at? <laughs> get no, a little light flex right nah, there. I see, I, see, I see those off-white stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hey, always man, been into you know the sneakers. I've always been in sneakers, but yeah. it was this guy, um, this guy named Frank. He had a sneaker store in my neighborhood, and he knew that I always liked, liked Jordan. So I would go to him and be like, yo, these new Jordans coming out. He would call my mom and tell my mom, like, yo, Tell Wayne that I'm holding his sneakers for him. Like it was, it was so much more than a hype thing. It was like a relationship thing in the community. Mm-hmm. Like he cared about, he cared about my myself, but he cared about me coming in there and having that experience with him. Right. So I was like really in the like not in the fashion, but I was always in the sneakers. I was always in the music. So those kind of two things ran in the twine. Right. Do you see yourself going? Because I know, and we'll get into it. You mm-hmm. know, as far as your brand and the company right, right. and and all that, and and how you're going for music and mm-hmm. doing. All kinds of other ventures. Do you see yourself going into the mute from the music thing into maybe like a style like sneaker brand kind of thing? Absolutely, it's all intertwined. Yeah. I that feel like fashion yeah. and music. Yeah, like one. I, I mean, I personally could see it, so I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. like me loving sneakers came from my love of basketball, and mm. that also came from me watching a different world. 
and watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air and seeing Dwayne Wayne with the Jordans on, or seeing yeah. Will Smith mm-hmm. with the Jordans on, or you know, then my, watching Michael Jordan dunk on people as a kid. So it's like that's what my 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 nerve really came for. Right. But I, you know, I did some stuff with Reebok back in the days. Um, but then like seeing people like Sean Wetherspoon, I know he's a designer, but like just seeing him bring his team together and design an Air Max that's gonna yep. be remembered forever. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I would love to. Right. You know, get the opportunity to work with those types of brands mm-hmm. and do things like that. I think you know sneakers are interesting, and I would love your take on it. It's mm-hmm. like. I think this is true for like fashion in general, but mm-hmm. I think sneakers, people associate sneakers with like a story, Absolutely. right? Oh, like really that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some oh. sneakers that are just like garbage, yeah, yeah. but have such an ill story to them, Yo, you know? I have a story for like every pair of Jordans ever. Like for us, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I think also like sneakers, for me, I was in a fashion world for yeah. a long time yeah. um and i also want to eventually create my own collection and design right. a sneaker like that's one of my goals right. i think shoes sneakers also tell your personality yeah you know absolutely. what i mean like your swag Absolutely. and you know what you like and yeah. i'm always on my unique shit i like wearing yeah. shit that people like don't yeah, I, I do that get, too. Like you know? I, I, I pride myself on putting something on and not seeing somebody else exactly. with it the whole entire day. Yep. Like exactly. I love that, you yeah. know. And that just comes with timing more than mm-hmm. anything. Because I'll get the same sneakers everybody else has, but I wear them like a year later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Are you the type to buy sneakers and never wear them, or do no, you no, wear I, them? I wear them, but see the thing was it was like um, and I I I like the attention when I was a kid that I used to get from sneakers. So, you know, when they were retro something, and I had figured out on the internet that you could actually buy sneakers. I would go and bid on, like, I was buying my own sneakers since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I would go bid on stuff, and then when everybody would pop out with these, I would pop out with those, and they'd be like, how'd you get those? And yeah. this is a time where we're only getting four pairs of Jordans a year. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's people that back at that time are probably buying sneakers and storing them mm-hmm. or buying them for the kids, and then they never wore them and selling them on eBay, and I was buying them. Well, so, um, yeah, I wear all my sneakers, though. I mean, yeah. I, I was I was kind of raised in this by Clark Kent, so yeah, I can't not Clark wear Kent. my sneakers, right. you know? Uh, he's the o- he's a real OG. Yeah, oh, yeah. for real. <laughs> for real. You know, I put him up there with Jeff Staple. Yeah, okay. with the, with the design, the your cousin. My, my my third cousin. <laughs> wow, bald <laughs> Asian motherfuckers. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, mm-hmm. Rockefeller, your mailroom stuff like that. Right. So what was walk us through like the the growth process? Like, did, were you uh, did you kind of walk up the ladder from there, and where did that take you? At that yeah. Point? So um, all right. So I was in the mailroom, and it's crazy. I told my my boss um at the time. I used to tell her I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna work upstairs one day," and she's like, "No, you're not. That's never gonna happen for you." And um, unfortunately, but fortunately, I got fired from the mailroom. Yeah. <laughs> did you cry? Hell no, I ain't cry, oh, man. Okay. I was like, just, I was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, like, now what, what happened was I had, um, it was a box that was supposed to be delivered to Def Jam, and it had all these contracts in it, and it was left in the freight yeah. area, and I was supposed to pick it up, and I didn't, and yeah. like they threw it out, oh, and shit. it was like, it was hell to pay, and the only two people were the people that was involved. I actually got the other guy fired, and he shouldn't have been fired. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I lost my job, and then, um. You know, because I had built such a good rapport with everybody upstairs uh, at Rockefeller, Def Jam, Murder, Inc., I just started asking, like, yo, can I come help out? Like, I'm not working in the mailroom anymore. At this time, I think I'm 18, and I'm asking people, like, um, you know, can I help out? Like, can I do anything? And they like, yeah, you know. So, um, Shari, Shari Bryant, you know, Shari runs Alamo and mm-hmm. all that now. But Shari, like, two or three years younger than me. Yeah. I mean, not to put your age out there, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but at the time, you know, um, Shari, she was assistant to um, Carlene Balin, you know, who was Jay Damon Biggs' assistant. Mm-hmm. And um, I just went up there, and I was just like, she's like, yo, 
you know, I just need you to go get people's food. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I was, was doing like, all day. Yeah. I did whatever. Like, I would go get them sneakers, clothes, mm-hmm. whatever they needed. You know, I was doing all of those things. And um, that eventually led to, like, six months later, me getting an internship. Well, I, it was kind of an internship, and then it got put on paper, like, three months later. And then maybe another three months after that, I got assistant a and job. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Isn't wow. that ironic? Like, you work in a mailroom mm-hmm. in a building you have no idea is, you know somewhere where you eventually want to be in the future right. or you end up doing and then you lose contracts like yeah. from the record label right and you get f- it's just it's just well, they never, how life fortunately works. enough they never ban me from the building you know like, which is good right? Yeah. That, right that usually happens happens when people get fired like right. they get and you get fired for anything it's not like you did something violent right. something. Right. they just usually ban people from the mm-hmm. building if they did something unfavorable but they never ban me from the building and um it kind of worked out in my favor, Definitely. you know. I mean, and even when I did get the job, it was a lot of bumps and bruises. You of know? course, yeah. But I think the fact that you took initiative and you yeah. went upstairs, you're yep. like, yo, like I'm willing to do yo, I was, anything. You know, what I mean? was so fearless at that time, man. I was I was so fearless at that time because what w- something had happened where I was like, you know, I was in the street a couple years earlier, and I got into like a really really compromised situation that could have been bad for me, and I felt like for what I was taking time to risk my life for that ultimately didn't mean anything. And if I would have ended up losing my life or going to jail for it, what would I be and how this, I I didn't want to disappoint my mom, yo, that was was it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, if I could give that type of energy to something negative, if I could follow my dream, you know? So I just was like, let me just try to get in it, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I didn't care what I had to do. As long as it wasn't something that just demeaned me as a person, I didn't Mm -hmm. care what I had to do. And I think the best thing about it is that you had a lot of face-to-face interactions, and that's missing in today's day and age, right? Like, we talk about the social media and shit. It was easy for you to -to face-to-face, like, I couldn't DM nobody. I couldn't DM nobody. But that probably worked. That that, that worked in your favor. Yeah, and the fact that you got fired from your job yeah but the next day or next few days however long yeah, it took yeah, you it said you know what i'm still going back to the building right i'm yep. still gonna walk through the security entrance yeah. <laughs> they're gonna let me in right. because they like me i'm gonna personally walk up to these buildings in these offices Absolutely. let them know what's popping with me right now and let them know i'm a free agent and yeah. i'm available right. my dude kudos to you yeah, for that you, like I that mean, takes you, a lot you know what that's why i like i mean i really i i understand like a person like a kanye not his antics today mm-hmm. but like i had met kanye around this time and this is right after he produced like the the blueprint mm-hmm. and at the time you know he this had a, before college dropout this before college yeah, dropout so this like a producer this is, this is two years this is 2002 so, so this I mean, like nobody believed in him. come home with oh, yeah. me just mm-hmm. came out blueprint just came out you know cam and diplomats they yep. running through yep. uh do, running through their crazy and i seen him i i knew who he was because he's a producer i used to i'm a credit guy so i used to love to like get the um I never listen to albums in sequence. Right. Like I, I used to get albums when I was a kid, and if I seen Neptunes, that's the first track yeah. I played. I did the same shit. If I seen yeah. Manny Fresh, yeah. first track, Swiss right. Beats, first joint I played. Manny if I Fresh. seen, yeah, if I seen um, Dame Grease, like I was going straight to it. So um, I asked him, I was like, "Yo, you Kanye West, right?" I was like, "You did all the stuff," and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I rap too," and I was like, "For <laughs> real?" And he rapped for me for like eight minutes. What? And I'm like, "Well, I don't know what he thinks I can do for him," yeah. but like that was kind of dope. But he rapped, yo, he rapped me like all falls down. He rapped like a lot of songs that ended up on College Dropout, but like what I say uh, equating to to like my journey a bit was that he was willing to rap or do whatever because that was on the 29th floor. You go to 27, he's doing the same thing on 27 in somebody's cubicle. You go to 28, he's doing the same thing in somebody's Mm -hmm. office. So he was just relentless in his approach. I think love love or hate Kanye at this point, you can't take, you can't deny 
the the classic records, but you also can't deny the hunger. Yeah, like yeah. yo, he literally he's made this shit happen. He's always been eager to put himself out there. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't want anything to happen to that man. But if he was to leave this earth today, he goes down as the greatest entertainer, like one of the great. He's in there mm-hmm. with princes and Michael Jacksons. I like, agree, absolutely, mm-hmm. and and not just for one thing, you know, and. Regardless, I mean, he's all. A lot of people could agree, like he's not their favorite person today. But my thing is, is let's appreciate what he get, what he gave us. Right, you know? and exactly. what I think what he still gives us. For me, yeah. I liked his last album. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not college dropout. Yeah, but everybody evolves. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I mean, I'm not even the same person I was last week. Exactly. So, <laughs> like right. everybody changed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What did you think of the album? Honestly, out of the seven, I really loved four. I, I, I wasn't bad. like and I didn't hate the other that's three a good ratio. but that's yeah, not bad, I didn't hate the other three I just was like I really loved like four like it, that was they were amazing to me but the other three was like these are cool yeah. you know mm-hmm. but overall it's, it's, it's good it's better than what I thought it would be yeah, yeah. what I would say is I'm surprised that he changed the album because yeah. remember he said the album was yeah. different originally before yeah. the slave comments I would have loved to hear that like, the original what that ones. sounded like yeah. Yeah. and I'm surprised that he changed it up because you know Kanye's on his like I don't really give a fuck this yeah, is yeah. my yeah. art and he's, like, he's very sporadic so so sporadic what is, do you have a favorite out of all the Kanye releases the seven song ones yes I mean, my favorite is Daytona Daytona yeah mm-hmm. that my, seems to be the uh, yeah my the favorite one. is Daytona because the thing about Daytona it just we know that that's the one that was like really thought through and thought out. It was originally supposed to be King Push. Yeah. And, you know, he probably was working. Me knowing Elmon, he probably had, Elmon probably had two oh, joints on no. there. <laughs> Come on. Ab Live, where you at? Right, right, <laughs> what right. Whatever. I sent you a batch. Right, right. I never heard back. <laughs> but you know, like. Follow me, Push. When you listen to that album, it's like the the most like concise um, lyrics and it's the most directed one. It's like a lot of the, um, when, when you know now that, um, the seven was changed from Kanye, you kind of hear that a bit. Like, you kind of say, well, you know, I could hear how he probably wanted to go a different direction. Or you can even hear it in the lyrics. Like, even on Drake's album, when Hove references references uh, X passing away. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. you know that that was done, what, two weeks ago? Right. You know, so yeah. it's like a, a lot of last minute changes going to making albums. You know? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. actually have a relationship with Push. So yeah. kind of going back on your journey, mm-hmm. how was it? For you to keep these relationships, because obviously you had a lot of relationships at Rockefeller that right. you're still, you know, yeah, you I still, still have today. Have today. Mm-hmm. So how did you kind of keep those relationships intact throughout the course of your journey? Well, when so when Rockefeller fell apart, I mean, when Rockefeller was when I was a part of Rockefeller at its like golden time era, whatever you want to call it. I really believed that. I didn't know it would ever end. I thought that this was never. This is why I Just did forever. Yeah, this is why I did silly shit like right. tattoo my hands and my neck all up and stuff. I'm like, I'm never getting a regular right. job, and I'm a 19 year old kid, you know. But um, I when Rockefeller fell apart, I didn't really have a lot of relationships because I was because I was so young and I was doing so many great and amazing things and not really understanding. Mm-hmm business right. over fun mm-hmm. and I was just having fun so when it fell apart it was like nobody really needed me for anything right. you know and my second go around I just was like you know I met I actually met Push I actually met Push along the time I was managing um, Dave East mm-hmm. and um, you know we built a few times and I just made myself aware that like yo anything can happen I'm never losing none of these right. relationships ever right. again yeah. like you know and yeah. it just pays like I, I really it pays to not be an asshole yo. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean you could be an asshole but how how fun is that yeah you know? and it always yeah. comes back one way or the one other one way or another you we could always be an asshole to somebody and yeah. then their friend might be somebody you exactly. really want to work yo, with and they're like nah. it's insane that's, or, a, yeah. that's like a big subject on this podcast yeah like, like yeah. The, we 
everything always comes down to like the word networking. Yeah. But even deeper than networking, it's like not being an asshole. Yeah. Like yeah. No, yeah, knowing yo, how to, you know, make people it, like you. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I, like I'm a I'm a networking guy, but I'm also a person that like I, I don't subscribe to the whole thing that you can't have friends. You know, because. Yep. I've made tons of great friendships through this. I mean, yep. people hit me up and they be like, yo, how's your son doing? And I hit people, yo, how are you doing? Right. You know, we're human beings. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, one thing I don't ever want people to get a twist is that everybody wants something. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it, it's not about what you want, it's how you ask for it. It's, exactly. it's not even how you ask for it, it's how you earn it. Right. Yep. You know, if I earn a relationship with you and I earn your trust and you earn mine, yo, you're going to be like, yo, Wayne, what you need? Right. Yeah. It's an open-ended mm-hmm. door yeah. and vice versa. Yep. So it's like, that's what I'm really, really big on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The no, quality of relationships. Absolutely. So. The quality. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting because uh, on the way here, I was checking out the Will Smith interview. Me too. Title. <laughs> Me too. Elliot. Yeah. Right, that Killed was, uh, it. Oh, it was so inspiring. Yeah. Will Smith, 2020. One of the greatest ever. Right. We need him. Um, <laughs> right. but that was a good interview, though. Such a good way. interview. Amazing. So one of, one of my favorite parts of the interview was when he was talking about this new song that he's writing. Mm-hmm. And it's about like being on top of the mountain mm-hmm. and like having experience like ultimate, just the, the highest of the high, like right. all the uh, money, all this, that. But then he was talking about how empty it actually feels mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. he's learned that it, what matters most is feeling helpful and feeling valuable to people. Yeah. And yeah. like it reminded me of, or it reminds me now of the mailroom. Right. Uh, you know, story with you on how like you were valuable there, and you kind you got let go, but then you found yourself to become value right. upstairs. Right, right, right. You know, do you feel like that ties into what you do now, like being a manager, mm-hmm. and you know, do, and then everyday struggle, which we'll talk about as well. Just right. like having this value in you, do you think about that often? Or? Absolutely, because you know, when I when I walk outside, I don't only represent myself. I represent my woman. Mm-hmm. I represent my children. I represent my company, you know, um, I represent my faith. I represent a lot of different things. And um, that integrity is what keeps, you know, people wanting to know about you. What opens up the door mm-hmm. to get you in a new room. Because you're, you're always, like, you'll always build new relationships. Like, just this past week, I went to Atlanta, right? And, um, you know... This was my first time I upgraded my seat to first class ever in life. Nice. You know, and what's crazy is I'm sitting on there and I'm I'm reading a Bruce Lee quote book that I bought. That's tight. Yeah, I'm reading this Bruce Lee quote book James. that I bought. And this dude is asking me about, like, he didn't even ask me about the book. He just started talking to me. And then come to find out this dude is, like, some high person that works for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. And then he gives me his number. And then he's like, yo, send me that book. And then now we've been texting for, like, a right. week. And there's no, I mean... Yep. I, I'm not over a bug. Right. And I, I have no idea. I, I have no plan to do anything in football, but we never know. Right. Yeah. It's like right. it, the thing is, is that you, you've always got to give yourself an opportunity and a chance to um, understand that, you know, in order to live in this world, you have to live amongst the people. Yep. And it doesn't matter, you know, what a person's into, their personal yeah. preference, whatever, religion, whatever. A lot of things divide us. If you are not an asshole, I am your friend. Right. But yeah. I think, you, I think <laughs> you also are conscious, and I think everyone in a sense, especially in this industry, of, you know, the people who might want something from you. Right, you right, know, right. So you don't necessarily always give yourself to somebody until yeah. you feel that it's organic, you know, they're... They don't necessarily want anything from you because yeah. I'm sure you I'm you on, see people all the time that's like, wait, no, let I'm me. just I'm very yeah. big on protecting my energy. Exactly. I, I don't feel like everybody's deserving yeah. of your energy. I don't mm-hmm. feel like everybody 
is deserving of your service um because it, you you can't give it to everyone right. yeah. you know um that's why honestly like i don't really ask for favors or opportunities until i'm ready because i don't like to do things that are only beneficial to me mm-hmm. yep. you know like if, if there's gonna be some sort of um dialogue and i'm a businessman you know what i mean i'm, I'm a businessman but not like i'm not the model of what a, you're not you're not a suit right. and tie yeah i'm not a suit and no. tie so it's like i'm a, I'm a real person yeah. as far as like i like to deal with people like not on the tough guy i'm real or like, right. I'm a, i like to deal with people so I, I remember one time i was about to work with an artist right and i hit i hit atlas up and i'm like yo i got this artist i'm about to work with and i think that this is about to and then i'm like yo could i talk to l and he's like yeah and i go to l studio and i'm like yo l um da da and i don't even play him a song he's like yo just bring him by Right. That yeah. You, that energy. That's the mm-hmm. see. Yeah. A lot of executives can't even do that. Yeah. yeah. No. But but that's based on how I've treated ill and how he's yeah. treated me over the years. We mm-hmm. haven't done a lot of work together, but that's just based on how we are as people. Right. Yep. We get to the business shit later. Yeah. That's the quality of the relationship. Right. And then also too, not me and you not knowing, and you and you guys like not right. us not knowing that like three, four, five, six years later. Mm-hmm. That would end up being yeah. like a thing, right? You know right, I mean? right, right, right. Who knows what could happen ten years from yeah. today? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, and it's funny because I I used to be in the studio with Rico, yeah, Rico yeah, yeah. Beats, who actually fronted on us two times, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Shout to Rico, though, man. I got to him. But back in the day when you guys used to work with another artist, right, um, out of Harlem, his name was like Dom Dominic Lord. Well, yeah, Rico was working with him. I yeah. never worked with him, but Rico's yeah. working. Yeah, and then like now. We doing an interview together. Right, know? right, right. Exactly. Yeah. I you never know. I where, you. Yeah. Absolutely. You never know where the universe takes you, but right. that's that's what it is. It's about the quality of relationships. And I Facts. think, you know, we're always cautious in the industry because the world is so small and sometimes you might not think that you'll see somebody again, but you'll definitely see somebody again. Absolutely. You know exactly. It's inter- I mean? it's interesting you say that. Actually two things. One thing is going back to relationships and you know, and we know, you know, we have a history, right. um, you know, with Dave, without Dave. Mm-hmm. And like, I, you know, I, I've told the story maybe one time before where when Dave was coming up, I don't even know if you were managing him at that time. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. You wasn't, nah. right? So I was working. Did you hear the story? Did he ever tell you about the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about it with, with, with the job and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So like one day I get a phone call and it's Dave and he's actually like, yo, I need a job. Right. And I know Chetty, shout out to Chesterfield. And the whole squad. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got Dave. I said, yo, the next day he came in, he went to came to Equinox. That's where I was working at, at the time. And I got him a job. And the next day he's up there folding towels, like, <laughs> right. you know, cleaning the floors. And no, I mean, he had like maybe 100 SoundCloud followers at the time. Right. Man, but, at, you, Atlas was like Mr. Equinox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I was. This in, guy was pulling like fucking, what, 50, like. You were I, doing record-breaking numbers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there. I definitely, as a salesperson, I was Crazy. crushing. I right, was crushing. Yeah. But even besides that, I want to talk about when you're talking about relationships and then Mm -hmm. even before the everyday struggle thing, we were talking about you kind Mm -hmm. of giving back to the people. And I used to love when you would do the free throws. Yeah. Right, yeah, you would do it yeah. every week. I know. I used actually used to tune into those. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I would check in with you. I would check with him like, yo, what up, Wayno? He like, yo, what up, I see you, and I would just tune in and listen. Yeah. This was before everyday struggle. Yeah, that was before that. Yeah, when you would just get into the people, and I admired that about you mm-hmm. that you were opening yourself up for people to just ask. and there yeah. were times you would cut people off like nah I'm not looking for that right. nah <laughs> no, nah, you're dead on that stop asking me that no, but that you back. gave yourself right. to the people where they were asking you like questions and you mm-hmm. would just give your knowledge right. and for that man the kudos to you man because I Thank saw you. that and I was like 
yo, you used to, you built like a little community. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that you know, I got a team of people. Like, I, I understand that. You know, the name of my company is Triangle Offense, and that's based on me growing up watching Michael Jordan win championships and watching Kobe Bryant and them win championships and Shaq mm -hmm. and understanding that it's not just the players, it's the coach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the coach, it's the ideas, the blueprint, it's the mm -hmm. architecture that holds this building together. So, you know, me, my ANRL, and um, my intern at the time, well, she still is my intern, my intern Tyra, we came up with an idea, you know, because everybody felt like I was a personality. And I, I didn't. I just was like, you know, I'm this regular guy. Just and, yourself. Yeah, I'm just myself. Yeah. And they was like, nah, yo, like, we need to figure out a way for you to, like, talk to people. And I wanted to take, you know, I, I said to myself, like, yo, every time I'm walking in the street, whether I'm in the mall, whatever, if a person approaches me right, I'll give you, like, 20 minutes of my time. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'll sit there and I'll talk to you about what you need to do and I'll suggest <laughs> shit and all yeah. of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do online mentoring. Yep. And that's what I did. And it was like, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. from 6 to 7, you knew that you could talk to me. And that's when I really started to understand that I was somebody aside from just the manager guy. Mm -hmm. yep. I was somebody that people seeked out to, to for guidance because m me, it, it was me watching like everybody from Dame Dash to Irv Gotti to Video Music Box with Ralph McDaniels and you know, Yo MTV Raps and Rap City with Joe Claire, all these different people that I look to to guide me, and I never had a device that could connect me to them. I, yep. Like, I, I would have only loved if I could have waked up in the morning at 14 years old and see what Jadakiss Day was like on his Instagram. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like being that, I feel like, okay, or people are putting me in the seat of being one of those guys, I wanna have a direct connection with these people because when it comes to my brand, you know, I want people to be into it, and if mm -hmm. I can, bring you into it hands on I don't have to like it's not a barrier between the people and yep. myself right. yep. what better way you well, know exactly. what, what do you consider yourself do you consider yourself a manager because I feel like your journey has been so long and you've done so much yeah you've well, managed Dave you've worked with a couple other artists yeah but you're also like like you said, a personality. You're an influencer yeah. Yo, now yeah. honestly influencer is a good word well I, I, in business terms you know what I just I like to call myself a creative Okay. Because that you know, covers everything. That covers everything mm -hmm. because when somebody asks me like, "What do you do?" It's like, "Where do I start?" Because yeah. it's so many artists that like mm -hmm. I don't. They're not signed to me, and I don't work with them, and I get them opportunities. Right. And then it's not just artists. I mean, I go. I've been to NYU. I've spoken to NYU to some kids at a music program. I've spoken in my my, my neighborhood at a community events. I've thrown community events with Reebok where I've given out fifty pairs of sneakers and free food. I've I've done so much. So I don't want to. I don't like to put the term manage like management is just like a lot of people in mainstream got to know me by that because I, I became a successful manager when I got Dave. But um, it's so many other things I do. Like I have a, yeah. I have a label, you know, right. I have an artist, Daniel Munoz. He signed mm -hmm. Epic Records. Mm -hmm. I got another artist that's on my management team that just signed a Def Jam. I got a, a producer, Ness on the Beat, mm -hmm. that does all A Boogie stuff. He did right. KMT for Drake. So it's like, I, I never want to put myself. Beast. Yeah, he's, he's, he's no joke. I'll bring him through. Let yeah, me know. Yeah. Get him on Black Chat. Let's get him <laughs> yeah, on Black Chat. Let's get him through. But um, I never want to put myself in a space because I'm still that 17 year old kid at heart yep. that just wants to do hip hop and just, I'm not doing none of this for money. Yep. Right. Once I started making money and I moved out the hood and everything, I really understood that I was like, yo, goals are really attainable and um, it doesn't even matter what my bank account says. I really like waking up and people saying they enjoy the product that I help create. Yeah, and, it, and it's know? exciting. Just Absolutely. like in the, you get the same excitement like when you were 17 in the mailroom. Mm -hmm. like, and this is another prime example. We talk about this all the time on the podcast too. Like, 
how when you're not driven by money, you start right. making money. Yeah, you know right. yeah, I mean? absolutely. It's really funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. I want to um, shift gears. Obviously, it's a producer podcast. Right. <laughs> um, you you manage some producers. Right. Ness, Buddha and um, Grants. Buddha and yeah. Grants. Yeah. Shout yeah. to the homies, Buddha and Grants. Yeah. My guys. They're, they're Blab Channel I've been, alumni. I've been yeah. bugging them. They yeah, gotta, you know, they're they going to do it. Those, those are my first clients. Buddha's the, Buddha made me get into management. That's crazy. Yeah. Shout to Buddha. They got a, a they got a room now at NJ. They got a room, so, so, been, so uh, I've been up in their room all day. Right. Their neighbors and <laughs> I shit. I gave Buddha a beat earlier. Like, exactly. Lit, add lit. something to that. I'll yeah. see you later. Right. Shout to, shout to Buddha and Grants. <laughs> Peace, man. So, like, they've had a really amazing, like, trajectory right. in the past few years working with everybody. I mean, I feel like they're, if, if you were uh, an artist and you're looking for like and you're in New York mm -hmm. like you gotta go through you that. have to go you to Blue Grants you have to there's no reason not to so right. what's well, being being like management for mm -hmm. them and like you know talking about like the producer world like mm -hmm. what are what are some kind of like pointers you can give to upcoming producers in mm -hmm. terms of how they should maneuver you well, know in the industry right well I always tell the thing with, with producers is, is like it's so many more producers than it is art. I mean, it's a lot of artists, but it's so many producers. And the thing about a pro producers, I always tell them, like, you know, first and foremost, you got to know what your, your, I wouldn't say competition, but you just need right. to be aware of the new sounds and what's going on. Now, you don't have to necessarily do the new thing that's right. going on, but I think that you should be aware. And the reason why you should be aware is because these sounds are kind of what dictates how our years are going to go. Right. You know, it's like yeah. whatever's in is going to, going to, um, show you or tell you where the business is at mm -hmm. and if you know like it's like watching game tape you know it's like if, if you know you made a mistake here um you know how to navigate around it so point. first and foremost i say that but then secondly i say you know always work on new sounds like i always love hearing something that i've never heard before i mean i remember you know hearing um shit Swiss Beats, right? When I was coming up, was one of my favorite producers. I still is today. But I remember the first time hearing Money Cash Hoes and how crazy. different it sounded. Yeah. Like all weird. Them, all, I remember hearing, and I mean, this is later on with the Neptunes, but how the Neptunes went from being doing stuff in Nori to doing the NERD albums and how they changed and they didn't stay in one box. Right. I mean, the pr production is the foundation of music. Right. Nobody buys acapella albums. Mm -hmm. You know, so, right. the, the, so the thing is, is like, you know, first and foremost, like being able to sacrifice is a big thing. Um, because and, and you're saying experiment with different sounds. Experiment with different right. sounds. Um, I say be, being able to sacrifice only because before, like 2004, you could walk in a label and play five dope beats and get a song deal for 10000 a beat, mm -hmm. and you ain't even have to sell a beat. Right. It's not like that anymore. Yep. You might got to, you know, for an up-and-coming guy, you might have to sacrifice 20 to get that one, but right. if you get that one, it could change your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's so many different ways, man, with producers, man, because yeah. I, I see a lot of kids, too, that they're very arrogant, too. Like, yeah. They're very arrogant. To get one little placement, yeah, and all of a sudden get, they yeah. think they're, you know what I'm yeah, saying? It's like, yeah, it's like... Oh no, I don't. I don't email anything. Right. Oh, that drives me crazy. Like uh, you want some beat, you have to come sit in a studio. Right. I'll have my people hit your right. people, hit like those guys. People. My manager, like right. Hit my assistant. Right. For and then, and um, another thing is, is like you know, it's one, it's one thing to hire. I mean, to have a manager, but to have a manager that actually is learning the business because yeah. a lot of people we like to hire our friends, but if your friend's not qualified, you can't give them the job. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's not helping anybody. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not helping anybody if they don't have the experience. Exactly. exactly. You know, so in, it, re in regards to producers, mm -hmm. what's your um 
like what's your role when you're working with one of your artists mm-hmm. in them choosing production because you work with you work with rappers too. right like right. you you work with matt patterson that's another yeah, yeah. artist he, you work he, with he's like r&b yeah he's a singer yeah mm-hmm. so so yeah. as far as rappers mm-hmm. you know you know how these rappers are it's like they hear a beat they get in the booth they do their thing right What's your process in like choosing production for your artists, well, if any? Well, sometimes you know it's so crazy because it's a lot of records in, that I worked on with Buddha and Grands, and like they wanted to actually give me publishing on because like I drove the direction of the mm-hmm. record. It's like for me, again, I don't forget that time when I wanted to be a rapper when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think about what I would rap about. So I'll come to somebody with a whole idea, like yo, I was thinking about if we did a record like this. Um, one of the records I could say. For that was um hmm damn what's the name of that song um damn what's the name of that Janae record that we did over for Dave um I forgot but it was a mm-hmm. sending my love okay mm-hmm. so sending my love um I was in a, I was riding around in a car and I was listening to one hundred three point nine and sending my love by Janae came on like five times that day and I was like yo nobody's ever flipped this so I called Buddha and Grands I'm like yo I got this fucking idea mm-hmm. for um for sending my love and I was like yo I think we should do it how Jay did Ballad for a Fallen Soldier, mm. how he was talking about the parallels between war and the parallels between the streets. And I was like, I think Dave could do something like that, but we could do it about losing somebody. Like, you could lose people in the streets, but then you lose people at war. And then um, I had Buddha and Grands, like, they sent me, like, the first version, mm. and I didn't like it. I made them do that beat over, like, five times, <laughs> yo. Wow. Cause I, and I was telling them, like, yo, change this, That's do this, do hear, this. Yeah. And, like, when we finally got it, I gave Dave the idea, like, yo, listen. The final um, version? I, like yeah, the, the version. final version of the beat. I gave him the idea, like, yo, this. And then one of his friends had just got sentenced to, like, 17 years in prison. Mm-hmm. So he just, he was like, yo, I'm going to talk about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sending my love to people that's in jail. That's tight. Right? So it was like, um, we sent it to them. And then um, after that, we actually went to, to L.A. to do something on Seven Streeters' album. And while we was there, Opportunity knocked. Right. And I was like, yo, Seven. And ironically, Mailroom came right back because Tina Davis was, her, was I don't know if she still is her manager, mm-hmm. but she was her manager at the time. Wow. And I'm like, yo, Tina, I used to deliver right. you mail. Right. Da, da. <laughs> and then she's like, word. And I'm like, yo, I said, yo, I got this idea for this record and I would love Seven on it. And then that's how the record came together. Wow. So it's like, you know, but that's my A&R side. That's me sitting yeah. in, the, in the studio with Biggs while we work on Beanie Siegel's mm-hmm. albums and State Property albums and me working on the Young Guns mm-hmm. and just giving out, you know, um, ideas and us bouncing ideas off of each other to come up with with, with music. So that's why it's like I can't box myself right. into what yeah. I right. am, you know. And with that, that. example, do mm-hmm. you does it seem like you more so talk to the producer before you talk to the artist? Like Absolutely. Instead of talking to Dave and telling him I think you should do these type of tracks yeah. or go this type of direction, you let the producer do it first. Yeah. And then well, feed him the story. I mean, fortunately enough, you know, Buddha and Grands, like you know, we 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 um. We work together, but we're all colleagues and friends, so it's a little bit easier because if it's a new producer, sometimes right. it's, they're not that receptive because then they're like, "Who is this dude to tell me what I right. should be doing?" Right. Right. And I understand that as well, you know. But um, when you look at like the the biggest records or the records that win the Grammys and all that, when you see that dude like Bruno Mars woke up on there for Twenty Four Carat and it's fifteen people, that's because it was a culmination of ideas right. yep. that came with everybody in the room. Yep. It's not always it's not who hits the game winning shot; it's who hits the game winning shot for our team. And it's that's team. what we always talk about too. It's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. This shit is more about collaboration Absolutely. nowadays than yeah. anything. Absolutely. It really is. You know? I mean, you look at the credits, speaking of, you know, album credits, right. you see so many different writers and producers yeah. collaborating. Right. That's just, that's how music, you know, right. that's us in our natural habitat. Yeah. And I mean, when you look you know? back, you look at like these, these movies of like, 
like Tina Turner, like all these different movies. That's what it kind of was. Like Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones was doing that. Like Quincy Jones yep. was putting a bunch of people in the room like, yo, all right, you do this, you do that. Right. Everybody, and then that's how they get bad and all these other records. And it's like, I think if rap, I mean, rap is in a, a great place, but I think if we did that, if we were more receptive to that, mm-hmm. a bit more as far as production-wise, Right. We get so much more yeah. further, especially think, specifically in New York. I think the tides are changing. I think it's but I agree happen. with you right? yeah. in terms of New York. Mm-hmm. Like we need to build more of like community atmosphere out right. here for producers. You know, right. like. Uh, but I, again, I love you know what you guys are doing with the um, steel sessions. Steel sessions, yeah, yeah. yeah. that shit is yeah. amazing. I was gonna bring that up too. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah steel that. sessions. Where want, tell people a little bit about. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners like are Probably aware of it. There, but right. yeah, let them. Let yeah, them know. so steel sessions. I mean, like. I can't even specifically take credit for that because that's Buddha and Grant's thing and they brought me into it to do consulting. Mm. But like it's um it's basically like a, a production workshop where, you know, guys come in. Of course, you know, you pay a fee to come in, but you pay a fee, you come in and you meet these guys who have produced on you know, they've produced on everything from the from underground to mainstream yep. and you we they play us their beats and we just basically give them direction and sharpen them up. That's why it's called Steel Session, Steel Sharpen Steel. So we just basically sharpen them up and they do that from the production side and then they leave from that room and come into my room and then I consult them and tell them what they should do with their brand. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's us That's giving right. out the education, man. I mean, yeah. I have people who've gone to college and owe all this money in student loans that want all of my information. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because they've done graduated and they're like yeah, working right. at in no, retail you, or something. Yeah, you graduate, you spend, you go into debt and you graduate to get an intern to hopefully run into Wayno. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. You can just <laughs> you run into Wayno, like. <laughs> and the whole thing is one on one, like right. They right, go, right, they'll right. see Buddha and Grant, mm-hmm. like in like the A room or the B room, just right. just them. Mm-hmm. You'll have the other producers in like the main room, just kind of hanging and networking and doing all that. Right. So the cool thing is that they meet uh, Buddha and Grant in the room. And then they go see you one on one in a different room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll go in the main room where they're networking. Right. And and then which is like all... a dope setup, by the but, way. But, setup. but see that's that's kinda like what I, I was kinda accomplishing with um free throws. Because what right. I would say is I would like when people would be on there and they, and a guy would say, Yo, I'm a producer and I'm trying to get out there and and I was like, Yo, the foundation of production is having a guy to work with. I mean Eric being Rock Kemp. Yeah. You know, um you think you could think of so many people who've done great projects with their artist and the producer. Yep. So I'm like, yo, okay, this guy that's commenting, he's saying that he raps. How about y'all DM each other when right. y'all get off of here and y'all work together? Yep. Right. You know, it's like and I'm connecting guys from all over from everywhere. So, you know, it's all about the people end of the day, man. Yeah. That's tight. That's Super tight. fire. Super yeah. fire. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this, you know, everyday struggle. Of right, course. right, right. Um, we were talking earlier a little bit about how, like, it felt like you stumbled into it. Like, you got yeah, invited, yeah. you were right. a guest, and then you went again and again, and now yeah. all of a sudden you're a co host. So. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, man, I got to give, like, super shouts out to um, Nadeska, man, and my man Shout Chops. Shout out to Nadeska. Yeah. Because, like, basically what happened was, like, uh, you know, I was watching. Everyday struggle one day and like Nadeska says something, you know what I mean, based on like a little situation that was happening mm. with one of the other co-hosts. And I told her I texted her, I was like, yo, talk your shit. You know, um, I had met Nadeska a few years ago when she had interviewed Dave, and we just always kept in touch, relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And um she hits me back a week later and she's like, Yo, my fault, I should have been hit you, but yo, what are you doing? You should come by one day and just join the debate. I'm like, all right, cool. I go through, I'm just going on there to wear my company hat. Talk about yeah, my shit right. and hopefully sell it. Yeah. And w- by the time we were done, they was like, "Yo, that's the most fun we've had since Joe left." And I'm like, "Really?" Wow. And they like, 
then they hit me later on that day like yo would you come back and I'm like seriously Duh. I'm like <laughs> I'm like yeah I'll come back and then uh, maybe a, a, a few days went by and they was like yo would you like to audition and I was like okay I'll audition and then you know we did a few episodes and then um you know it went dark for a bit and they hit me up and it was like yo you know we want to go in a new direction and we feel like you know you'd be the perfect person to be on here with us and I'm like Really? Like, yeah. it's still like... It's, it just stumbled upon yeah, your just life. Stu- like, Yo, it stumbled real? upon me. And I mean, you know, it's a it's a very great opportunity. It's not just about the bread. It's like I get a chance, you know, to to, to introduce myself to a new audience, yep. the people who do know Everyday Struggle, the people who don't, the people that know me that aren't on Everyday Struggle and get introduced to it. Yeah. So it was like, it, it's just really dope, man. I, I'm, I'm very grateful to Complex, you know, and everybody, the whole entire staff for having patience with me because it's a new thing. And yep. I don't... Right. I, I'm the guy that advises people what they should do when they're on camera and now right. I'm a guy on camera mm-hmm. so right. you know, and it's, it's interesting fun. the shift yeah. you know because mm-hmm. you you have all these relationships in the industry mm-hmm. everyone's known Wayno for years and what you've brought to the table right. but you've kind of been behind the scenes right, in a right. sense and now like you're on camera your mm-hmm. your brand is more prominent because right. you're on TV so what was that transition like from being behind the scenes as a manager because mm-hmm. everyone knows you were working with Dave yeah. and you know what happened with that like you and Dave well we because you guys um, were yeah I mean like basically what happened is you know you know um, in this game like everybody has like their thing that they want to do and ultimately our things that we both wanted to do weren't matching up Mm -hmm. so we just yeah anymore at the time you know um, and we did a lot of great things together yeah but you know they weren't matching up at the time and it would be a disservice to me or him for us to keep a business relationship going that wasn't going anywhere between us. Was it the direction yeah. of his music or like what? No, it just, it, for me, it was just, you know, it was just direction overall. And it was for him direction overall. Like he's, he's, this is all opinion based. Like he's not wrong for feeling where right. he wants to be mm-hmm. at. He could feel like, yo, you know, I, this is what I want to do. And I feel like I want to do it in a different way. And I could feel like, you know, this is what I want to do. True, but and and right. neither one of us are wrong. End of the day, it's just like okay, your perspective. It was you know it wasn't distasteful. It was like okay, you do your thing, I'm gonna do mine, and I'm doing. We're both doing our things in different directions. Yeah. But you are know, you happier? Am I happier? I'm not gonna speak on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not gonna speak. Because now it's like again, you're like in front of the camera. You're, yeah, you're making and your I mean that never was my intention though. You know, yeah. that, and that's the thing. It's like I I don't want people to think that you know. I didn't certain things didn't happen because I just wanted to be on a camera one day. No, definitely. Like that that never was my yeah. like that never was the my goal. The universe just aligned that for I, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never like I used to hate I wouldn't say hate because that's how I found one of my artists like um I was in Walmart and I uh, the kid I met Daniel Munoz, he came up to me and he was like, "Yo, I know who you are. Yo, I'm a big Davies okay. fan." And he was like, "Yo, could I send you some music?" And a year and a half later, I get this kid signed on my label through Epic Records. Wow. So, you know, um I never really wanted to be on camera and I don't want people to think that oh Wayno he just do, he doing all this now because he never really yeah. wanted to be Dave manager right. he just wanted to be on camera right. you know right. I had a direction nothing I've ever did was really planned out and that's what I was yep. gonna mm-hmm. say everything has kind of fallen into your lap from yeah. you know your mom making you yeah. apply for a job you ended up in the mailroom upstairs right, right, in right. that position well, fi- not, even th- finding your artist that, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, that's, the, that's the nature of the beast right. I mean, I don't think right. any of us knew where we would be now right. and yeah. we have no idea where, where we right, would be yeah. five, ten years from now right. and I think for yeah. myself it's like it's just 
I just, I believe in the universe, man. I believe in karma. I believe in all of these things. And I feel like, you know, for myself, a lot of my new direction of my career has come from me just believing yep. that I will always be something. Like, I, I can I can honestly say I'm 35. Since I was four years old, I always felt like I would be something. I didn't know what it was. I thought I would be a basketball player. Yep. I wanted to be a, a fucking, um, what's that, a... An astrophysicist at one time. Wow, that's that's tight. Yeah, for real. It's, it's mad different thing. I mean, that's why. I, that's why. Did I, um, you try producing at all? I like, did. Like, like it? a little bit. Cause you know what it was. It was like I, I just was always shy. I tried rapping. Yeah. I tried producing. I tried everything at least once, but I just was too shy to like show it to my friends. The only thing I ever did when I was a kid, I used to draw, and I was really, really, really good at drawing. And where my mom wanted to put me into like school for it, but once it became a thing for her, it was no longer a thing for me. Right. right. So it was like th that's how I always was in life. It's like when I used to when I was rap. And I used to rap and I would tell my friend, like, yo, listen to this. And I would say it. They'd be like, yo, that's dope. But then, I, I mean, I always tell a story. Like, I grew up around T-Rex and Murder Mook mm -hmm. and yeah. Nim Low and Smoke Dizza, all these mm -hmm. dudes. So it's like, I get this rhyme together and then when we go have a cypher, I be standing there and then they say some shit. I be like, nah, I'm not about to <laughs> do not, this to I'm myself. Not, I'm not doing it to myself. Yeah, I'm not nah. about to do this to myself. So it's <laughs> like, you know, um, for me, I just really feel like my trajectory and my um my navigation in this has really been predicated on where I put my heart at right. cuz everything yeah. I put my heart into turns into something mm -hmm. every, I love it every time I say I'm going to do something and I'm I could really say that like every time I ever said I was going to do something in this it happened mm -hmm. I love it every I, time. you know it's so interesting because like the now that your your face is more in the in the forefront now mm -hmm. with like everyday struggle and all this stuff it's like I feel like it's all the universe like trying to tie in all the other shit that mm -hmm. you want to accomplish right like, right you know the steel session stuff and right, then right. all the stuff with Buddha and Grants and Ness and all the artists you're like right. working with and shit it's like it's all kind of coming full, full circle yeah. you know but like the fact that you get to just be yourself mm -hmm. on everyday struggle I yeah. think is the best part yo, of it like you're, you don't have to like yo you know what's so crazy you know as you mean? say that my thing, my whole, my whole ideology with me going on everyday struggle was, I was like, yo, they gonna pay me to talk. Right. I'm from Harlem. I'm gonna get money. Y'all gonna have to pay me to shut up. Right. Yeah, yo, for real, like, that's like, a fact. That, right that's there, that's wait. what I'm on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I needed that. That's that that's what I'm on because you know, I had to get over that being shy shit. I yeah. had to get over that because it's like these opportunities aren't being given for no reason. Now imagine they come to me with all that, and I'm like, no, nah, you know. I think I'll just be behind the right. scenes. Yeah. My, my brand is totally different. And yeah. I'm a guy that I'm thinking about being, I had I had dinner with Nas one time and Nas said to me, he's like, yo, all I'm thinking about right now is my 50th birthday and how nobody can mess that up for me. Mm. And, and me being 35, that's 15 years from now. That's not that old. I got kids it's that not. age. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I got to think about my future mm -hmm. and I got to think about not only my future, but I have a team of people I work with mm -hmm. that depend on me to, to go out and see if this shit works so that they could figure out what works for them as well. But that's also hard. Like, how do you stay positive in the midst of that? And that's something that we always speak about because, mm -hmm. I mean, we know the name of the game. Like, this yeah. this industry could break you mentally, right, right, right. physically, emotionally. So you have all of these people that depend on you, your yeah. family, artists. How do yeah. you stay positive and, and motivated to, like, not let that kind of stop you? Because, you know what? I just, I go home at night. Yep. I go home at night. I don't hang out with, like, See, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of great colleagues and a lot of a lot of good peers and all of that, but I've been I've always been like somewhat of a loner when I was a kid, mm -hmm. 
And like when I started to dibble and dabble and hanging out with crews and people and all of that, it's because I wasn't being myself. So now in today's world, me being the man that I am, it's like I understand what it is I want to accomplish. Nothing's more important to me than my family. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And nothing's more important to me second after that than my team. And I will do any and everything for people to feel what I felt when I moved from the projects into, right. you know, to, to move to a nicer place. Facts. So my thing is, is like, because I always used to say to myself, like, damn, yo, like, being a manager is pretty tough because it, you can't panic. Everybody comes to you when they're panicking, yeah. they, uh, and yeah. I'm like, damn, who, when I want to panic, who do I go to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, for real. But, <laughs> but honestly, you know, I, I have a great support system. You know, I have a great support system. I have a great team of guys. I have a great team of people that believe in me. Yeah. And them believing me is my fuel. It's like if, if success was my car, the people who believe in me is my fuel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I have y'all like I have peers that like love me and see me and be like yo you fucking winning and yo I'm watching everyday struggle and yo what's your artist and what we that is everything to me because now it's one thing when you a kid and you just in your mom your mom's house and you just dreaming about all these different things that you would like to make happen and it's another thing where you actually Making sit in. Yeah, like happen. when you actually like, I'm not trying no more. It's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there's silent supporters too. Right, you right, right. I mean? And you Absolutely. just never know who is watching. You never know who's watching. I feel like with social media now, everybody's watching. Oh, everybody. everybody. Well, the thing is too, you everybody. never know who's watching. And they don't right? comment like, or anything, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, that's why, especially with Everyday Struggle, because there is artists that I'm cool with. There's artists that I'm, I don't know at all. My thing is, is that I'm not, I'm not going to disrespect you as a man. Like I'm not, even if I don't like your music, I'm not going to say, you shit trash and you are this, this, that, and the third. I'm not going to do that because right. that's not who I am in life. Yeah. So with me, I just try to bring an element to what it is I do on a show that everybody can respect. Now you might not have to like, you might not like me because I, I'm, I know that people, everybody's not going to like right. me. Yeah. Of course. My mother did not bring me into this world for people to like me. Yeah. She brought me in the world for her and my father, you know, yeah. so. I understand that I'm at a place where, you know, I can't even have, it's like I have an opinion and people just tweet me their opinions to of challenge course. mine. Yeah. So it's like, it's cool, but I'm just here to create good product for the people that want it. Well, yep. who do you go to for help when things get tough? My girl. Okay. My woman, my Facts. fiance. Facts on you know what I mean? That's who I go fiance. to. Fiance, dope. Yeah, you that's what. what? Behind know, every I'm, great man is a great woman. Absolutely, yeah, and you better listen to her. Like, you, you better, listen like, to her, like for real. <laughs> That's what I go think to. About, they, no, we went. I had this rant like not too long ago, but like when you compare women and men, yeah. I don't mean to be sexist, but like men are trash. Like we're Yo, trash. Let me tell you something. I t- I put something up on Instagram, and I forgot exactly what it was, and I said something about women are way smarter than us, and like. It was all these dudes that had all this negative mad, shit to say mad. about women, and I'm like, yo, and dog, all single. But, <laughs> right? But not only I'm not I'm not only talking about the girl that you with. I'm talking about your daughters, your yeah. aunts, your, mom, your moms, your grandmoms. It's like if you listen, I've never seen a dude win a championship and thank their father first. You know what I mean? Like never, right. ever in life. And I know disrespect to the no father because I'm a father. Right. But the thing is, is that women, that's your first teacher. That's yeah. the first Your mother's the first woman You fall in love with You know what I mean Like your grandmother Like it, it takes all of these people To raise us Not just men But women as well And I think that We don't pay Or give enough respect To women a lot Because I got like Shari Bryant Is mm-hmm. one of my close friends Karen Civil 
mm-hmm. one of my mm-hmm. close friends, Amber Grimes. Yeah. I mean, um, I could go on for days. I, I got Lola. You know, what I, mean? I got so many mm-hmm. women in this game, Angela Yee, yep. that mm-hmm. I don't. I ain't never tried to talk to them or nothing yeah. or be on no slick shit. And they love and support me and would mm-hmm. do anything for me. And I can't say the same thing about dudes. I, just, I can't. I just right. think, like, me and my friends have this conversation all the time. And this is, I'll keep it brief, but a lot of men out here are hurt. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of men yeah, out true. here have That's daddy true. issues. Absolutely. And yeah. a lot of men out here have mommy issues. And right. the problem is, is that they project that hate in right, ways right, right. like that, where they disrespect women, they have the negative comments. And it's like, you will or you do have a daughter. Right, right, so right. So one day a man's going to treat her like that. And then right. what? You're going to want to defend her? Right, right, right. You got to look in the mirror. And a lot of right. men don't admit that because men have to be hard and can't yeah, show emotion. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. get some therapy, bro. Yeah. It's right. It's okay. Go to right. therapist. Go to therapy. It's all right. right. Charlamagne's gonna come out with a new book. Right, right, right. right, right. And shout, anxiety. So you know, shout to shout, shout to all the women out there. The women. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and especially like your right wing. Yeah. Like, you know, my fiance. Man, if it wasn't she got for her, eating healthy and she got everything. Eating healthy. Yo, yeah, my man Ella's glowing, man. Dude, <laughs> she's my she's my NR too, man. Yeah, right. man. I'm showing her shit. She'd be like, "That's trash." What yeah, right, right, right. I mean, and and that's the thing, man. I mean, you know, with this game, I what what I will say is like for me being in this music. This is like I, I'm a high school dropout, and that's not. I don't say that proudly, you know, because I really, I, I don't, I don't regret, but I wish I had a college experience sometimes. Because mm-hmm. my mom always used to tell me, as smart as you are, if you would went to college, you'd be, probably be running the planet. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, like, hip hop is a fraternity, it's a brother and sisterhood, and um, it only thrives and it only survives on how we treat each other. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we disrespect the game. We disrespect ourselves and mm-hmm. everything deteriorates. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, going forward, as long as we all understand that we all have a place in this and everybody can have a place in this and we don't undercut each other yeah. and we don't do each other dirty and we don't steal each other's publishing and all that other silly <laughs> right. shit, yeah. we'll be all right. It's you know? just tough because, you know, the, the industry, a lot of people talk about relationships and mm-hmm. networking and, you know, coming together to make shit happen. But a lot of times it's, it feels like every man for themselves like yeah. you said when people try to undercut you or go behind your back or right, right. do shit that benefits them and right. I think that's the tough part about the industry in this I mean I, I always go back to just having a good attorney <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I got a great attorney yeah oh, man, like, I love my lawyer man at the end yeah, of like, the day whatever happens like just call my it lawyer it all goes mm-hmm. to legal <laughs> right. contract we'll figure it out you guys figure it out <laughs> like, but you know what and see the thing was so dope about that is because as being a creative you need that like yeah. you need to have a person that you trust that can handle because when you start getting all of those legal things is and I can say this as a manager it's crazy yeah. it's crazy it's enough percentages mm-hmm. to drive your eyelids into your eyes <laughs> yeah. and make yourself blind it's crazy right. but um ultimately you know it's no I always say this it's nobody's business to teach you business mm-hmm. and um you gotta just take your time and do your due diligence. And if you're gonna have somebody on your team, make sure that they do the due diligence mm-hmm. because everybody's not deserving of those spots. Yeah, yeah. that's a fact. It's facts. It's facts, yeah. man. What's uh, what's up next for Triangle Offense? Oh uh, man, that, so, that you can talk about. Oh, okay. So I can I can talk now. So I got um, this young man by the name of T.J. Porter. He's from Harlem. My son actually put me onto this kid's music. You know, my son. He kept getting in getting in the car listening to him every day and then one day I was taking him and a few of his friends to a basketball game and they asked could they listen to him and I put a song on and these kids it was five of them and they all 10 years old and they knew it word for word wow. I was like oh no, nah, I'm not missing out on this because I missed out but where did they find him at? they found him because he TJ plays ball as well Okay. so I think they knew him as a ball player and Got then it. um 
they they just found this stuff on SoundCloud and YouTube, and they they share it. You know, wow. it's it's no different than when the new Clue tape came out, and I'm telling my friend about Fabulous, right. and then yeah. you come over and they like, yo, burn me a tape. You know what I mean? Or yeah. make me a CD. How and does that feel for you though? Seeing your son grow up kind of in the same footsteps that, as you, like well, I mean, you. the thing is, is like my son, my son is on a cover. Of Hate me now, Dave's project. Hate me now. Like he, one thing is that this is family business. If I ran the cleaners, he'd be working at the cleaners. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I owned a restaurant, I had friends that like they family owned restaurants and they was they was frying fish when they was ten mm-hmm. or eleven. It's family business. So the thing is, is that this is family business that actually makes us millionaires which i haven't yep. become one yet but i will yep. <laughs> you know what i mean but this is the, the type of business that it, it really made me understand that my name means something so you know we got tj porter we also got daniel munoz that's a kid i met at walmart he just was in la working on his ep uh, we got Ness on the beat i got another young guy named hasi irv coming out of um harlem as well um and I'm working on a lot of stuff, man. I want to do a documentary on Triangle Offense. I want to do everything, Amazing. yo. Amazing. I just want to do everything I can. Like, I I don't want to be the old guy one day thinking about what I should have did or what I could have exactly. did. Facts. You know exactly. what I mean? Because I'm going to be that old guy one That's day. Facts. I just want to figure out what old guy I'm going to be. It's yo. so crazy because everything that you do just seems so authentic. Like yeah. Walmart and then your son. It's, yeah. like, it's almost like you're doing the opposite of what people think happens where yeah. it's like oh i found him on instagram yeah, or, right. because it's, you know it's people it's people that and i seen um what's this dude's name um damn what's my man's name that used to manage biggie yo my oh storm um by storm what's his name mark pitts mm-hmm. okay i seen mark pitts say there's no there's there's uh there's no way uh you can figure out like goosebumps or gut feelings. Like you can't put a budget on that or nothing. Uh-huh. And the thing about me is like even with Dave, like the way a lot of people don't know, like the way I found Dave was I was hosting like shows at SOBs, you know, for a couple extra dollars every every night. And he came out on stage and every it was a lot of dope rappers out there, but nobody said the shit that how he was saying it. Mm-hmm. And I believed in him and uh-huh. he believed in me and we got together and we we did something that can never be erased. But the whole fact of the matter is, is that like I really go with my heart. Like I said, I go with my heart, and I go with my heart tells me. If I don't go with this kid that I meet at Walmart, then I just watch somebody else sign him, yep. and I watch somebody else do it, and I'm like, nah, I'm not missing right. out no more. Yeah, not yeah, missing yeah. out. I'm not missing out, man. I, I learned. I, I mean, fortunately enough, I worked around Jay Z, Dame Dash, mm-hmm. and Bigs every day from the time I was 18 till I was 23. Yep. A lot of shit rubbed off on me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, I'm. I'm not lacking with this no more. Nah, yeah, nah. I, you know, I definitely want to first thank you for coming on the show, Wayno. Like yeah. it means a lot to us. And thank you for having. I, you me. know, if, if in five, ten years, what I see for you is, I see really big things for you, bro. <laughs> I see you like, you know, either being the next guy, you know, like the next triangle being the next either like cash money mm. or like you being like a Irv or like yeah. you being the VP of some big major. Like That's, I just see you yeah. just. Like the sky is limitless, man. I'm so yeah. excited that I know you Thank and to you, see man. you grow from Thank when you. I first met you even till now. Yeah, and we can't wait within the next few years, man. We're gonna look <laughs> back and be like, hey, man, yo, it's remember be the time? A few months too, right. Remember the time? Right. I'm gonna be like, right, right. yo, Buddha Grants, welcome to Black Chat. Yeah. Right, right, right. Nah, 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 you know, no, what but saying? you know, you this, guys, this whole thing is about us creating stories, man. Well, it's yeah. about us creating stories. That's what it's about. And it's memories. Like, and memories, absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. when, when it's all over, because it's gonna be all over one day. It's like I just wanna, I just wanna have good times with my friends mm-hmm. about the things that we talked about. We was gonna do that we actually did, and however I could help, I'm always accessible. I'm always there. You know what I mean? So, yep. what artists Thank are you. you looking at now? Up, upcoming artists from New York. Up and coming artists from New York. Anyone excites you? It's awesome. shit. 
all of them is signed. Like yeah. a lot of them is signed. It's another kid by the name of um Little TJ. He's pretty dope. Um, you got Twenty Two G's. He's coming from out of Brooklyn. Um, you got the kid. What's this this kid's name, man? Um, Leaky Benz. You know what I mean, Leaky Benz. He's from LES. Of course, my artist TJ Porter. I gotta plug him. But um, it's a lot. It, the, the thing about it now is I've seen more artists now than I've ever seen in life, and all of them could get signed. That's There's the crazy so many. thing. It's I like so many. The kid, I like the kid YBN Corday. Yeah, Corday. from. He's from Corday. Maryland though. He's fire. He's from he's Maryland. Fi- he's Yo, YBN Corday is he's amazing. I actually amazing. got a chance to talk to him on Facetime, and you like you guys should bring him to the show. Oh, I would love to, man. I, I would love to. Um, the thing about Corday is like with, and I like Namir a lot too, and I like Almighty J. I think right. that they all do something different, different. Mm-hmm. and it, it, it kind of reminds me. I'm not comparing it, but like remember how with Cash Money, how we had Wayne and we had yep. BG, yep. And you had mm-hmm. Turk, you had Juvie, and they all did different things. They yep. was from, I mean, it was all from one place, but they had different sounds. And right. my thing is, is like I love to see these young guys coming up, yep. you know, because a dude like YBN, the YBN Collective, they just they're building their fan base. In three different ways. I mean, you got yep. Almighty J messing with Black China and all that. Yeah, it's then crazy. you got Corday on the super hip hop tip, and then you crazy. got um, you got Namir like kind of head in the front. But Namir really reminds me of Easy E with his delivery, like right. the way he says words, and you know, and on some kind of trap shit. But he's from Alabama, so right. like like the same way the sky's limitless. Like music is limitless at a point now too. It's so fast. yeah, it's a lot of young guys. It reminds that I, me I like of a, reminds me of the ASAP. Uh, yeah, yeah, where absolutely. Like, oh shit, it's a crew. And I, I just hope that they they, they don't jump because ASAP man, I just wish he would have jumped into music a little bit more than fashion. But you know, yeah. because yeah. there's so I mean, many. I think he did. But he I did think after a couple years. It's like Nas. I want to hear some new Nas shit, man. Nas right. was so dope, but he's like Nas is like creative directing all these right. different yeah. fashion shows and shit. Yeah, I it's think like Nas. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's like we said earlier. Like you never know what the universe will never end up. You know, what right, I'm saying? right, right, right. Like, you got like Addy's working on music. Yeah, you got like Addy. Twelvey's working on mm-hmm. music. Absolutely, for- I fuck with Twelvey. Yeah, twelve yeah, dope. Yeah, 12E, 12E was mad at me, man. Why? Because I I was on Joe's pull up and I said um they they said that twelve this dude has said, we was talking about artists in New York that talk that shit and then somebody mentioned twelve and I think he took it wrong because I said twelve come on like but right. what I meant about that was I was talking about like the guys that's at the forefront now twelve is my my right. guy but he's not at the forefront of New York exactly. right now that's yeah. what I meant and, and he I, could be though he I think could no he always could be and I felt like I felt like he could always um. He always had the opportunity, but he's doing clothing and stuff too. What do you think's right. missing, though? Huh? What do you think's missing? Like for records, like, like just him. making records. Songs. I, I think yeah. and Twelvey, I love you. Like let's not get twisted. Yeah. You my guy, but I think for a lot of guys in New York, because we're so heavily based on um, rapping and being able to spit, and we, I mean that's not a bad thing. We pride ourselves off it. Ironically, the dudes from Atlanta love that from us. Mm-hmm. They love that. They hate when we try to jump into what we do. Well, I mean, what they do. What they do. The problem with guys in New York is that they don't make any records. Mm-hmm. They don't make any records. Mm-hmm. And and all their music is just one part of the day. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. y'all all just tough all the time. So nobody loves their mom. But I think, nobody had a cat yeah. that they you know, love. You know like, what I think the problem is? Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry to ahead. cut you off, but I think it's so important. I think the reason why they're not making records mm-hmm. is, is because they're not allowing for themselves to be produced. Yeah, right. That's the issue. Right, and right. yeah, that because I, I was gonna say that too. It's like the production aspect of it. Right, know? right, right. One, the production aspect of it, and I think two is you know the team. Like you yeah, need a yeah. team around you to be like you try this, try that. And what? I think a lot of New York artists have that like rap mentality. Oh, I got this. Like, let me just give me a beat. Let me. Yeah. I think that's a lot of New York because I think New Yorkers are seen as like 
we rap. This is where hip hop right, originated. Right, like right. we gotta write our own shit. And but sometimes you do need to be produced. You know, you whether do. you're a rapper, a singer, absolutely, you, you know, you definitely need to be produced. And I think, like I said, like um before, man, you just gotta respect the produ- produ- mm-hmm. the producer, man. I mean, Facts. like you gotta respect the producer. For me, if I was an artist and I knew that I spent like, if I bought two thousand dollar jeans and I could get a hundred free beats from my producer every month yeah. I would rather just give him two G's for his pocket right. and Facts. just wear some regular jeans until yeah. I get on so you <laughs> like you know it, right. dude I get I get so happy like when I watch um, like you know when I watch like, Ebro and, and like Joe on the podcast and Everyday Struggle and mm-hmm. all you guys' stuff it's like anytime any of you guys mention production yeah, I get like a kid I'm like yeah. oh my god what are they gonna say who are they gonna shout out yeah. cause like it's still like kind of like a a nerdy thing in a way yeah, where like yo. if you know production because most people still don't know they don't right. you know what I'm saying like, it's so, so. crazy because I feel like and this is not just for yo, without Pharrell I feel like I'd be nothing mm-hmm. and I'm not even a producer right yeah. like but but I'm just talking about like his sound and direction and just his brand and even with Swiss Beats I mean these the beats that these guys made that the locks would get on that got me through some of the toughest yep. times right. of my life and it's like without that beat what is the song mm-hmm the song don't even Even know like this. Havoc, like did you did you read that article where he sampled a fucking stove turning yeah. on for his hi hat? For Quiet Storm, I think. That's crazy. That's crazy. Shout out to Havoc. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for joining thank us, you man. For having this me, was man. amazing. Um, Facts. Yeah, man. Good luck with everything going on. And like thank you, Alice my pretty much wrapped it up. Like he yeah. said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> that wine, wanted probably. to say. But um it's gonna be it's gonna be really, really amazing to like watch triangle offense and all this shit you're trying to accomplish like thank actually you. happen yes shit is amazing it's really thank fun you, to watch so round, round of applause for Wayne I'm ready thank again. you man appreciate I'm ready that <laughs> <laughs> until next time <laughs> yeah right. we out shout Later. out to Wayne we out peace